I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to another episode of WA Expose, a podcast about local arts by local artists. As always, I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the immense privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Noongar Budja. Crowned Miss Burlesque Western Australia in 2017, today's guest delightfully owns the term glamour spud. Their metamorphosis into the delectable carbohydrate that she is today comes from their performance background, directing and choreographing original music theatre shows. She teaches and performs with Perth's premier neo-cabaret troupe, Sugar Blue Burlesque, and is a co-producer and media manager for the multi-award-winning queer collective, Burlesque, which took out the Cabaret Weekly Award and Perth Now Critics' Choice Weekly Award for Pillow Talk back in the Sackett Fringe World 2022. My God, that's a mouthful. <laughs> Drawn to villainous roles and with a notably iconic sneer, I'm thrilled to be chatting with Veruca Sauer. How are you, Veruca? I'm doing great. I've been so excited to hear what the intro will be after listening to every episode of this podcast. I so much I pressure it. now with the intros because I'm like, well, it's your Instagram bio. I plus. just rephrased your own words. Yes, but- I loved it. I loved it. Wow. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really excited to be chatting with you. We'll jump off with the obvious question for you, which is why burlesque? Yeah, I definitely overthought this question um, a lot because <laughs> everyone's answers are always so good. And um, so I wasn't sure, but I think, I think I've nailed it. And I think to me, burlesque just ticks all the boxes. Mm. Um, and I have a lot of boxes that need ticking. That was weird. You have a lot of boxes that need ticking. I don't ticking. know why I made eye contact with you in that moment, but that's good. I got a lot of boxes that need How ticking. How can I help tick your boxes um, today? <laughs> Um, but yeah, in high school, I was definitely like, I did everything. I was mm. like dance school kid. I did drama. I did media. I did like at one point I was an emergency services cadet. Like okay. Mincy and Ronnie did that as yeah, well. We found that fun. out. Cool. Cause I just was like, oh yeah, give that a shot. I would just <laughs> follow. I just make a friend and go, what are you doing? Okay, let's go. How do I make you my personality for attending? Literally. Guys, <laughs> I, I'm the biggest air sign energy ever. And really? I just, yeah, absolutely. I was like, yep, cool. Let's do that. I never did sport though. My poor dad, he was like please just pick up a soccer ball. I'm like, absolutely not. So You're not dad. supposed to pick them up, Dad. It's actually not yeah, Dad, don't, don't you know them. the rules? <laughs> don't touch them. I believe you just kick them. Yeah, okay. So I'm just going to go do drama instead. Um, <laughs> that'll be fine. But um, yeah, so I kind of just loved being in a group. I just liked there being, yeah, a little community or a little group of people or a cast or an ensemble. Like mm. I love teamwork and I love like working with other people and I'm very sociable. So um, I'm always drawn to any kind of space where that exists. Yeah. And, um, yeah, as a dance school kid, you know, I was doing, I did everything, did all the dance styles, um, tap and ballet and jazz and I never did hip hop. Those just, are the three. <laughs> those are the three. Those, you know, the three, the three genders. Um, <laughs> tap, baz and tap, tap, baz. Tap, baz, lemon. Baz, baz, lemon. The second dance style. And jalet. Um, jalet. Oh, and jalet. Yes, those are my uh, expertise. But I wasn't like, I, I also was 
I mean, I did all those styles and I, I was really into it, but I could not, did not figure out how to smile on stage until I was at least 14, um, which two other older girls joined. Wait, and you were really into it. So you were having a good time. Dead, I was dead serious about uh, it. Like on stage, it looked like I was a really concentrated. I loved it, but I was you really concentrated. Actor. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And my mum would be like, are you having a good time? Like, why are you up there? Frowning. I was like, no, I'm just concentrating, Mum. So sorry, Brooke, because this is mom. really no. expensive. Yeah, yeah. she's <laughs> like, you hate this. What's going on? How would you want to go to soccer instead? <laughs> no, Mum, I picked up the ball and they kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I kind of figured out like there's two girls joining my class. They're a bit older and they knew how to perform. And I was like, oh, you got to like make a face and stuff. So I sort of yep. started figuring that out. And then um, yeah, so then basically after high school, my dance studio closed down. And I went to uni for a completely unrelated, um, completely unrelated uh, degree because I picked it out of a book uh, randomly in class. They went, quick, you've got two minutes to pick your future career. Oh, no. Here's a list of the careers. By the way, That's there's only seven of them. Literally what happened. And like, because I was in the academic extension program. And so what they did was they took me away to do the academic extension program class instead of career ed. Oh, no. That's what they did to the, the smart kids. My, my I'm doing quotation marks. <laughs> So I was in career ed and they went, quick, go pick it. So I flicked it open and I literally picked. I was like, A, advertising, go on. And I just went to uni for that. Oh, no. I just went, yep. Again, my usual thing of just go, okay, yeah. Go. But um, (laughs) it's actually turned out really helpful because now I sort of am a media manager and I do marketing and producing. So it actually really helped. But but basically I didn't have um, a creative outlet at all for – years and I didn't realize that I didn't have one do you know what I mean I was just like oh why am I depressed (laughs) (laughs) I haven't read a book or listened to music in five years what is going on this is very strange and then I ended up joining this is so funny as well because um your episode with Aves Robbins Mm. and uh, she was talking about UWA Pantomime Society ah yes that's also where I come from oh yes I know it was a pool of talent um there but yeah that's I that's I ended up joining um Panto which was Basically, theatre. We did original shows. What was Abe saying when she's like Cinderella in the weird foot or something? like? The oh, my God. Like- we did the weirdest shows. That's actually where my stage name comes from um, ah. because we did a show called The Wonka Games, which was a mix between Willy Wonka and The Hunger Games because that's the same story. <laughs> a bunch of kids go into a place and one by one they get killed off. It's the same story. Yeah, I guess in the book they definitely die. Like one yeah, of them, they, they don't even say it, but like Augustus literally turns into chocolate. Yeah. Not not he got covered in chocolate, but he is now yeah. a chocolate child. Wow, it's a blueberry and it's it's very horrible. But I played Veruca and um, she just really resonated with me. And um, Which bit specifically? Just a precocious nature. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved it. The rich parents, they really, really said <laughs> That's the answer I wanted from you, but it's like I just really liked her red shirt, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but I yeah. also like ponies. <laughs> yes, um, I also would like an egg. I do like eggs. Oh, you're in the egg. You're not the squirrel. You're like the goose. Well, yeah. Well, there's like two trains of thoughts here. In the book, it's absolutely. the squirrel, but in in film number one, it's the goose. That's right. And in the and the this musical, is true inside of baseball. I already know that I know, people I know. are going to be like, "What's well, the old doll? I'm 17. I don't but know." But like, that is. tell us everything. No, because um, also in the musical, um, it's squirrels. And she's a Russian ballerina in the musical. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And she gets torn apart by the squirrels. It's very, very violent. Um, I'll chuck a trigger warning at the start. Squirrel <laughs> um, doll. Squirrel related violence. <laughs> Wait, tell me about how you got your name before you oh, yeah. go on a roll so anyway, doll. <laughs> anyway, basically, I played Veruca. So then years later, when I was picking a name, I was like, oh, I like, to play, I like to playing Veruca. And then I picked sour instead of salt. 
Um, so I was like, that's a nice play on words. And also because of my resting face is disgust. Ah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just like, oh, let's get that, you know, sourpuss sort of energy. So I was like, I went with that. Um, but anyway, anyway, I digress. So anyway, Pantomime Society, yes, yeah, so we did a lot of plays. And the way that it worked was that everyone just did everything. So oh. you, you would just get in and then they go, right, who wants to be on the writing team? Who wants to be on the, who wants to do lights? Mm. Who wants to direct? And I ended up just going around and doing everything. I just was like, yeah, I'll try everything out. Um, I also at one point just kind of walked in and went, cool, we're doing musicals now. And everyone went, oh, okay. <laughs> Does anyone know how to put a musical on? I was like, I'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> what musical did you do? We did. It was an original musical. It was called The Sound of Murder. Of course. And yes. it was The Sound of Music, but it was a mafia family. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you probably could have kept it The Sound of Music because the Nazis That's already right. were murdering everybody. It did. Yeah, it worked out. It worked out quite well. But my name, my, I was one of the kids and my name was La Pizza. Love it. Mm, it worked really well. Um, but yeah, so we had like another person um, it was like, oh yeah, I can musical direct and we got a band in and I was like, I can probably choreograph, I can figure that out. And then that was like the first thing that I sort of choreographed um, in full. And then it's just so funny how that, you know, club that I was in, I was there for about five years and I did all kinds of things. Um, but now it directly like gave me the experience I needed for burlesque. Um mm which I never did that. I never did that on purpose. Like I was just doing it for funsies. And then suddenly when I got into burlesque, I was like, I know how to do this. Like, yeah, of course. I know how to perform and I know how to perform for, because in Panto, it's audience interactive. And the whole idea is that you go back and forth with the audience. Mm. And there are bits where there's, okay, the audience now has to tell us what to do. Or so we, it was very off the cuff and we really had to like you had to be really on the ball and be ready for everything to go wrong. Yeah, you had course, to be yeah. ready to throw a whole scene out the window. Because <laughs> like, the audience decided they don't want to see it mm, anymore. Yeah. They were just like, we're going here now. And you go, okay, I guess we're taking this different avenue now. And you just had to lie. And it was so thrilling. Like, it was so exciting. Um, my sister, who you had in on WXPOSE, uh, Nicola Macri, also came from Panto. And she did a lot of the writing and directing. And, um, yeah, and that – we. We just kind of had to learn this new way of like delivering comedy where you your comic timing could get messed up um, and you're like, oh, I worked really hard on that joke and you ruined it, drunk person. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that directly relates to burlesque now because yes. you never know what your audience is going to do. So hang on, just mm. like give me an idea of what the hell's happening with your advertising degree. <laughs> oh my god, having the best time doing all this well, stuff, <laughs> arguing with drunk people, trying to get your joke, save your joke at yeah. all costs. And this degree is just floating along in Look, the background. I was also did that degree at a different university. <laughs> Wait, no. I thought you at least were like hanging out no. on the same campus. No, 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 absolutely not. Um, look, at I'm a, a great campus. university or not? No. No, I did advertising at ECU Mount Lawley. Mm -hmm. And then we did, yeah, you drove away pantomime. You just drove across. I'd just be like, oh, what's going on over path? here? Because we didn't have a lot at ECU. It's very different now. But at the time there wasn't a lot of um, club culture. Um, and, but yeah, but UWA had a huge, huge club culture. So I just went, oh, I'm just going to go over here because Nicola was attending the university. Oh, so you, you had an in. Yeah, yeah. So, and actually she was in it first and then she went on exchange and they were like, oh, we need a Macri. And I was like, I, I'll, I'll come be Nicola. And, um, <laughs> and then I just never left. Yes. And then we just took over. Um, and it was a very, it was a very fun time. <laughs> Love it. Um, but yeah. And then I guess eventually I sort of got to, um, I, I've said this as well, you got to a point where you're like, I need to stop hanging out with university students. Yeah. I'm a grown adult. Um, <laughs> so I sort of ended up leaving and naturally started taking burlesque classes. Um, my friends took me to a Sugar Blue show. I never thought, I remember watching it and thinking, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I was yeah. like obsessed. I just loved it. Um, but I was like, I would never do that. Like it never occurred to me to do it. 
And again, I'm really wrapping up my own story here, but it was literally because my friend Faye Salem, I ended up taking her to a show um, at the Atomic Bombshells at DeVille's. Mm. Um, And she went, I can do that. And she signed up to the class like the next day. And I was like, excuse me, um, I want to do that too. And so (laughs) then I just also signed up, um, just again, following whatever my (laughs) friends were doing. I want to do that. And um, yeah, that's how I ended up at Sugar Blue. Um, so your attitude classes. wasn't one of I can do that. It was all like no. I want to do that. Well, I don't. I don't want to be left behind. I don't uh, want yeah, FOMO. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> Hang on. What? Wait a second. Um, and I had to again convince another friend to come with me. Um, Valerie Savage, who who is relocated to London. Um, she was also from Panto. So was Faye. We were all just from. <laughs> it's a weird time. Um, you needed but, a yeah. new club to join. <laughs> Literally, we were like, um, we're just going to take Panto, but we're going to strip now. Yeah, that's the main difference. And we're not going to listen to the audience. I don't care what you say. (laughs) Literally, decided that your jokes are bad. (laughs) This is my routine and you're going to see it. Okay, deal with it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so and then that's just was just incredible to find, you know, again, another sort of creative outlet with this amazing community and just immediately feeling at home and and having that creative control, um, which I just love. Um, I love to have control over things. We're working on it with my therapist. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just loved her straight away and um, and yeah, and ended up, ended up sort of, and again, when I did classes, I again said, oh no, I'm just going to do the Broadway class um, with Ruby DeLue. I'll just do the Broadway class. I'm not sure I can do burlesque still. It's, I'm not sure if that's for me. And I think a lot of people went through that and you mm. sort of go, you think burlesque is one thing and you're not sure if you can do that and fit that. Um, so I went, oh, I'll do Broadway because that's a safe option. And then everyone in the Broadway. And Amelia Kisses was in my um, first class as well. And after that, we were just like, I was like, oh, I'll just come do beginnings. This is one of the classes she was calling vintage dance at the time. Yeah, I think yeah. so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, we were all, <laughs> there was wigs involved. Uh, it was very interesting. But um, <laughs> yeah, but that's where we met. So that was really cute. And um, yeah, and then I ended up, I was like, I'll just do a beginner's class because I don't want to get left behind, you know. And then suddenly I was doing a solo and I was like, happen yeah how did that happen how do we go from being like I don't want to get left behind to suddenly being like no I, I I'm gonna leave you behind and I'm gonna go in front yeah. thank you so much well that's oh, you've just that you've nailed me that is my <laughs> I, was kidding. I think like I do have this like uh habit uh of or pattern I guess of not being able to have a casual hobby yeah never it's never happened to me mm-hmm. every time I've ever joined anything or started something it's always turned into a thing it's suddenly I'm in charge of something yeah happens to me all the time um and so like happened with panto and it happened with like you know my dance school and like all kinds of things and so with burlesque it sort of was the same thing where I just kind of went eh, nah we're committing uh we're in this now and it's happening and I think as well I, <laughs> I have a personality where people just trust me <laughs> with things <laughs> where you said that is like and they shouldn't yeah I, I mean to be fair I am quite I am a reliable person you can rely on me but I just I think I just exude trustworthiness and people just hand, like just hand me opportunities or they just go can you do this you look like you could do this can you do that oh yeah go on and I just say yes to everything yeah, but that's that's actually something that is it as well is the fact that you go I probably I reckon I could yeah. rather than being like oh I've not had the training you know yes. like this, you could retreat or you could take it absolutely and I think that's one of the biggest things that I say um to my students or you know baby Belesquez and I'm like you have to just go for it you can't wait until you feel like you're ready for it because you're never going to feel ready mm. you just have to do it because you know especially in burlesque it's about experience at the end of the day yeah. and it's about getting those experiences so 
say yes now and worry about the rest later. <laughs> that's my best advice. And that's what I did. I just went, yeah, I could probably do that. And then I'd go away and panic a bit. And I come back and go, yeah, got it. <laughs> I figured it out. Here we are. Turns out there's a YouTube tutorial on this exact thing. <laughs> oh, the YouTube binges. Thank God for YouTube. Yeah, the weird <laughs> black holes that you go into and you're just like, oh. Um, but yeah, it took me a second because like going back to like how people perceive burlesque and I – Especially at the time, like one of my main teachers was Ruby Slippers before she moved. And um, this was before, it was kind of before she was getting um, more into the drag sort Mm -hmm. of scene. And she did very pinup, very beautiful long legs and these lines. And, you know, she's always just amazing at that. And I was looking at it going, oh, I've got to be pinup. Like, yeah. Um, but that never, ever, ever suited me. And I tried it on, you know, like I try, I'll try everything on. Yeah. But I was like, mm, that's not really vibing. And I wasn't really sure if I had a future because I was like, oh, I don't really understand it um, for me. And then I did a Charleston class with Love Gun. Mm. And I was like, oh, here it is. <laughs> I've sorted it out. It's being a weird noodle. <laughs> yes. Okay. We did it, team. Like it was like this light went off and I was like, I'm a weird noodle person. Oh, I could have figured that out earlier. And then. From there, I kind of felt more confident about doing solos and kind of being myself up on stage and not feeling like I had to, you know, do an impression of a burlesque dancer. So when you talk about how burlesque is perceived for a second, because, mm. like, it seems to be very much shaped by the teacher that's standing in front yes. of you. So it sounds like it's really important to trial a million different teachers. Absolutely. That is – and that's what I did as well. I I mean, I had my favourites. Like, you know, sort of Ruby Slippers was kind of my burlesque fairy godmother. Like, she really vouched for me and she kind of, like, you know, sort of mentored me and then – um, you know, I ended up doing Love Guns classes and um, and I kind of went around and just tried everything because that's exactly right. I was like, what fits? And you never really know. If you just try and you see one teacher and even if their teaching style doesn't suit you, like if you see a teacher who's classically trained and so they teach you choreography with counts, mm. not everyone understands counts. And so you might be completely turned off because yeah. you're like, well, I can't follow. Like I don't know what to do. And so, you know, come along to us teachers who um, teach with sounds. <laughs> Just a lot of like, and pow, wham, you chat. Like that's, you know. No, I love that because it's the same way that I, I like cater my music teaching classes where I'll be like, see that bit in the backing track? You can hear yes, it. Yes, That's your entry point. That's when you yes. come in. Not like let's count to 12. <laughs> yes. And sometimes I'll just play a bit and I say, listen to what the guitar is doing here. Yeah. And then go, what does your body want to do? And everyone's like, well, you need to shake your butt here. And I'm like, exactly, exactly. Like The guitar already asked you to. It tells you to do it. Like a lot of the time I don't, I'm not even doing any work choreographing. I'm just listening to the instruments and go, and going by that. I you know? appreciate that so much because so often we go like, oh, well, this is a solo when in mm. much fact it's a duet between you and whatever is playing oh, underneath you. Absolutely. It's such a huge part of it and that musicality as well. And that's why I also lo- – oh, my God, I'm jumping all over the place. But I don't anyway, care. podcast. I'm not going to edit it to <laughs> okay, make but it but make <laughs> sense either. I I promise I can't. <laughs> but I, I love, love, love performing with um, Perth Cabaret Collective, who are a nine-piece jazz band, um, because the chaos of jazz, um, that organised chaos really, really gets me. That's how my soul works. <laughs> and performing with them is so fun because you you really have to be in tune with the musicians. Mm. But because the musicians are jazz musicians, you don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> They go rogue. The number of times, like, when we first performed with them, it was Love Gun and I, and we were um, choreographing a duo, and we had the recording, and we're like, okay, and we choreographed beautifully, perfectly. We had every beat, you know, accounted for. 
And then we got there to sound check and we were like, oh, <laughs> this sounds completely different. Everyone's, oh, is it, you know, when there's solos, everyone's just going off and doing their own thing. And we're going, oh, no, we've made an error here. We've made a mistake. Um, but it was such a good learning experience because now we choreograph very generally mm. and then when we're on stage that's when the detail comes in because you know we're so tuned interesting. in so burlesque isn't something that I often associate with improvisation at mm. all mm. so how do you communicate with your other your co like your partner on stage to mm. do different things what it, do you do oh my it god it's a huge skill yeah it is such a skill um love gun's incredible at doing so she does a lot of like burlesque specifically I do a little bit of burlesque with PCC but mostly um sort of cabaret dance I don't know how to explain it <laughs> but um yeah and it we and Love Gun and I have worked together for so long that we have like a hive mind, like we are connected in the mm. brain and we have a lot of different like nonverbal body language um, things between us that we just kind of adapt together quickly <laughs> and um, it's really fun. And now that we have a relationship with the band, it was the funniest thing that happened the other day at a show where Love Gun was doing a burlesque routine and they kind of went off script, obviously. So she thought it was the end and she was like, oh, and so she whipped her bra off. <laughs> And then the band was like, we're still going. <laughs> and Love Gun was like, oh, And yes. I've run out of things to I take see. off. <laughs> so then they still had their skirt on. So they were like, okay. So they whipped their skirt off and they were doing this sort of like the trombonist was doing a solo. So Love Gun was doing this like trombone with her skirt. <laughs> but the trombonist caught on and kept going, like didn't stop where he normally would and just kept going. That's a terrible impression of a trombone. No, that was perfect. That's actually how the trombone sounds in Perth Cabaret Collective. Yes, that's right. It's a great ad for them right now. Thank you, Steve. Yes, good, great. And um, and so Love Gun just had to keep, and the two of them, it was the funny, the audience was losing it laughing. And like, Mm. I've had that when like the pianist has messed with me when I'm in the middle of a really, I'm in a weird, weird position, like on a chair or something. And the pianist (laughs) is like, she's waiting for me to... uh, you know, get to the next bit. So I'm just going to keep going and I'm stuck like upside down. I'm like, I hate you. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's, um, yeah, it is a huge, it's a huge, huge skill to improvise. And again, but that's where it comes back to Panto. Mm. You have to be ready to throw everything out the window. So this incredible character that you've described to us, who is now like fully able oh, to yeah. improvise and do all of these different things and sort of have like that fuck you moment with the mm, instrument. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so fun. Were you at that sort of stage or at a different point of your evolution when you won what used to be called Miss Burlesque mm. in 2017? Like where was the wet noodle at at that point? Where was she at? <laughs> That's a great question. So um, yeah, so when I first started um, with Burlesque, now I did Miss Burlesque as a baby. I was a child. I um, had not had a paid gig yet. I realised that the other day, actually. I thought, oh, that's because the competition was um, open mm. um, back in my day. Um, now it's a professional competition. But I was a tiny child baby and I didn't know what I was doing. But I was, um, I, Love Gun was my mentor and I was really committed. I was like, I'm going to really get, because I was a huge fan of Miss yeah. Burlesque. I loved it. And there was like 18,000 rounds at a billion different venues. Exactly. Then too. Yeah. Literally. This was when it was like we had a 16 person semi final uh, where everyone did two acts, but also it was the, fin- the final, grand final, national grand final mm. of Mr. Boylesque on the same night. This show was about six hours long. Yep. Oh my God, it was hysterical. Like it was so long. We had like three hours between our two acts. We'd wow. So it was, yeah, it was a very, it was a chaotic time. It was so fun. But yeah, I was very, at that time I was very, um, I choreographed everything and everything was like, okay, this is how it goes. And I would really go over and over and worked. I just, I really worked very hard for this competition. I had a lot of really good advice and help as well. Um, but yeah, I, I was very much like, I was, I, I was a little bit of a noodle, <laughs> obviously I can't. And a I, and semi-noodle? I was semi-noodle. <laughs> I was an El Dante <laughs> spaghetti. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, and I, I kind of, um, I was still figuring it out. So my classic that I did was um, full comedy. Mm. It was a full parody comedy moment because um, I was like, I cannot do a sexy bump and grind. Yeah. I can't do it and I'm not going to try to do it. So I still stuck by the rules, but I did a comedy show go. And then my Neo, um, which was about you had to have a narrative, and I did a full-on four-minute pantomime. <laughs> my two sisters were in it um, and we did a full-on, it's like a play. Like it's a it was five-minute play. Yeah. It literally, if, uh, yeah, it's, it was so funny. It was so funny. It was so good to have them on stage with me as well. It was so fun. And then my unique was the noodle. The mm. noodle has arrived. Yep. Here she is. Um, so, yeah, so at that time I was still really working it out and and, and taking it very seriously. Um, but it wasn't until um, after I won, the following year I went to Singapore with Love Gun, um, with Sugar Blue. We were kind of flown over to Singapore to perform and it was so exciting. And that was a turning point for me because those shows we did at nightclubs um, at like 1am and it was in the funniest looking stage and it wasn't like it was just atmospheric and Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Like you you couldn't control that environment. Yep. And I was terrified about that. I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how to do this. Like I'm not sure I can, you know, I'm, I was quite nervous about it. And What then, sort of things like like technical things yeah. or just like things with the shape of the stage or like what's what's falling apart in little Veruca's yeah, mind? Just, yeah, just like just suddenly and we didn't really get to see, you know, you just were just thrown into it suddenly. Mm. And I don't know, I have a fear of the unknown. Yeah. Um, yes, of anxiety. So just in general, I was like, oh, oh, I don't know where I am. I'm in a different country and I'm yep. um, doing this thing. And the security guard had to uh, like take us through the club to get to the stage. And um, then we had to just go and oh, crap. and hope. And like there was, when I was doing solo, Love Gun was on standby to kitten for me and then back and forth. So it was just a little bit chaotic, but it was such a turning point because when that happened, when I was on stage and realizing I had no control over the situation and everything still went great. Yes. And it was, was fine. Like, oh, yep. this was fun. Yeah. And, and then we did another gig there where we were dancing on the bar, like the actual, it was a speakeasy bar and we were on it. So the bar and like the ceiling was, hit, we were hitting our heads on the ceiling. There were these hanging lights. The bar was slippery. Of course. We yep. were in heels and we're doing a choreographed number. It wasn't like, can you go, go dance? It was like, no, can you do this burlesque? I was doing my unique from mixed burlesque oh, wow. on a bar in Singapore. I was like, what's going on? Um, but in but that you moment, no, well, I did hit my head on and break a light, but it was quite funny. Um, <laughs> someone caught it and it was. That's great. It was funny. It was, I don't great. know. It went well. But um, but I definitely like that was when the panto kind of came back into me and I figured out how to relate it to burlesque. And I was like, oh, I've just got to have to go for it. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, so that, I remember that being a real turning point for me. Like I can just chill out a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and not choreograph every second moment and just be confident in my own sort of ability. Um, so that was definitely a journey. Like I didn't just, you know, you, know, you see my early stuff and you're like, oh, okay, she's trying. She's doing it. I didn't just come out fully formed like some genius. Like it was, it was a definitely a journey. And I think everyone goes on that journey. But um, yeah, that really helped. <laughs> Breaking a light with my head really um, changed the game. Well, yeah, it suddenly made you interact with the audience again, which is fantastic. And I was like, oh, hey, drunk man. Thanks for catching that light. I can't <laughs> ignore the fact that you're there. You literally just caught this huge thing. <laughs> oh my god, it was so funny. <laughs> well, on that, I reckon we're going to go to our first little break. Mm -hmm. And now that we've established how awesome you are, <laughs> I'd love to know all of your thoughts about the local scene. Lovely.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we're back. I'm still joined with the lovely Verica. Oh, and still. Still. Oh. I'm still here. <laughs> it's been hours. It's been so they long. They won't leave. <laughs> they ran away and I had to get a lasso and bring them back and I'm still here. I just wanted some chippies. <laughs> no chips for you until we're done. <laughs> wow, I love this panto. It's my favorite place. <laughs> I'm not an improviser. So that- Little, Are you kidding? We out. just did a whole bit. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. The first 30 seconds of the of the episode, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So we're somewhere in the Perth scene. You're, mm. you're awesome. You said Thanks. it in the last bit. I'm going to quote you. How you awesome said, I am. I wasn't a genius when I started, but I am now. I'm pretty sure that's I, what you that said. I am I'm now. almost certain that's, that's right. exactly what you Write said. Write that down. Verica's <laughs> our local genius. <laughs> <laughs> local genius. Local genius. Yes, local. Please do not um, go outside of a very specific niche that I'm in right now. This street and the one across. That's right. Genius. Yeah, that's it though. Don't tell anyone. We it's are secret. in an industrial area, so you're probably not wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, but I want to know your thoughts on the local scene and how mm. it's developed since like, let's go back to like when you won um, mm. mix, mix. I keep saying mix, but it was mix. Yes, it was anyway. mix at the time, yes. Um, burlesque in 2017. Mm. What was the scene like for you experiencing it as a little baby queen mm. then and what is it like for you now? Yeah, I think um, we have uh, – yeah, it is very different. Like it has developed uh, quite a lot and I think it's just to do with the people who are in it now um, and people who have come in from their different backgrounds and different experiences and everyone sort of come in and shaped the scene and it's been – so cool like it's just been such a cool thing to watch like seeing how many stages there are now there's so many stages for especially newcomers that didn't exist we did not have any newcomer stages when I was um a, a newcomer we know you went straight to Mix I Burlesque. literally did I went from a grad show to Mixed Burlesque like I don't know because that, that was it I, we didn't have any other sort of options so um so it's just, I just love seeing and that we can really cultivate and people can really you know um, get that experience on stage and I love 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 watching those shows um, I just think they're amazing um, so that's really cool um, also uh, personally it's something that I've been involved in is obviously the queer scene mm. and kind of um, molding the two together because when I started obviously burlesque to me is inherently queer like yes. come on yeah it started off as like a political parody it's all about subverting the male gaze it's about playing with um, gender roles and, and femininity and subverting expectations. Like, that is queer as fuck. Mm. Um, and there's always been queer burlesque performers since it started. Yes. Always. Everywhere. All over the world. It's absolutely it's always been yeah, there. Yeah, most good scenes. That's, that's where you'll find them. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But in Perth, it wasn't explicit. Like, it wasn't a, 
uh, like in the top three dot points of what burlesque is. Whereas if you look at drag, yes. it comes from the queer scene. It comes from queer people. And obviously there's non-queer people who do drag as well, but it's such a huge part of the identity of drag. And with drag and burlesque, you know, we're kind of, you know, coming together and mingling. And it's very yes, it's very interesting. And I love it. It's so moment. fun. That sort of started happening um, around when I was I was coming into it with shows like um, Gender, Blender, uh, Gender Blender Burlesque. Mm. Um, which I got to be a part of and that was so fantastic and just being embraced by the drag community in a way that I didn't think, you know, it would ever happen and I was just, it was so exciting for me to just be, you know, I was the burlesque person in the drag show and I was so <laughs> excited and it was just an amazing experience. Um, but also with um, the way like burlesque came around, um, that happened because a couple of the members were talking at an event and they were all sitting there like, oh, hang on, you're queer. I'm queer, you're queer, we all do burlesque. And then the name burlesque came out of that conversation. And that's <laughs> yeah. like the, with a pun, like, and they were like, oh, burlesque, we should start a group chat called burlesque, how fun. <laughs> they had to put a show together. And it's really telling how um, the queer representation in the burlesque scene did not really exist at this time because mm. we couldn't find people. Oh, no. We were like, hello, any gays? Do we have any gays? Hello? Yes. <laughs> and there were obviously, I feel like Sugar Dujour has obviously been a um, performer who's very openly uh, bisexual. and But we couldn't, <laughs> we just couldn't find people. And actually people started coming out to us. So people in the blessing would go, oh, um, hi, I just saw Belez and I'm, I would like to just let you know I'm bisexual. And I would I'm like, oh, thank goodness. And then, you know, more people started becoming, you know, more um, out about it and talking about it more and then other shows were popping up and there was um, suddenly, you know, we we just had this incredible explicit queer representation mm. um, which was missing, I think, a little bit before. And, um, and it was just such an exciting time um, just um, being able to channel that and, and to express that and um, bring that around. So that was... That was amazing. And now there's everything. Now it's queer as fuck. I haven't seen a straight person in six months. <laughs> good for you. And that's good. That's yeah, wonderful. that's lovely. And that's the real <laughs> gay agenda. Um, but no, it's amazing because other shows like Young Blood, Burlesque, Cleo's Big Gay Cabaret, obviously a Basement, mm. Cherry Bomb. Like there's so many. Cherry Bomb's adorable. I love Cherry Bomb. Everyone's 12 though. Everybody's 12 but they all sit down. I love them. Oh, I love them. They all sit on the floor. Yes, I don't, I the remember sticky floor. The sticky, icky floor. Sorry, Terry Bomb, but it's the No, I love it. It's, it's, part of, it's part of the Georgia knows. Appeal. Georgia sat across from me. She, yeah, yeah. She knows. <laughs> I remember performing at Terry Bomb and everybody sat on the floor yeah. and I'm old, so I hadn't been mm. at a 1am show yeah, before. Time. I hadn't seen them all sit on the yeah. floor. But they all sat down and went, oh, everybody's sitting down on the floor. This is so sweet. <gasps> I really loved, yeah, I, I had the same experience at Cherry Bomb. I was like, oh, I don't know anybody here. Like, oh, this is interesting. And then again, having that whole new crowd, I was like, oh, this is so lovely. What a beautiful. And again, like, and I was really enjoying George's episode about how Cherry Bomb like, sort of came about. And um, it's just so, oh, it's just so amazing to see so much representation now um, in our community. And it's just natural and organic and yeah. It was so, it's given. an interesting one because my partner was standing in the audience, standing. <laughs> They're all Sit down. <laughs> and they were saying that like it was very fun because like all of the little baby gays were on the floor and then it seemed to be surrounded by just a big semicircle of standing queers <laughs> yeah. who can't use their knees. <laughs> yes, we're like, hello, we're old. Um, we're we're going to stand behind you. Yeah, yeah, literally. Oh, well, I, yeah, that was such a fun. I just love that that space exists. That Oh, because I also, um, I teach at a school, a um, boys' school. I Well, I don't teach. Well, I choreograph their musicals. And it's my favourite job and I just love it so much. And um, obviously we have a lot of, um, you know, I'm in the drama department at this yes. boys' school. So 
certain. You so know. the end of topic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> and, um, and so there is obviously, you know, I love the drama department in every school because it attracts the, the misfits and, mm. you know, um, people who are sort of figuring themselves out and not sure where they go, where they, you know, where they are and, and where they belong and their school isn't necessarily a safe space for them. Yeah. And um, But I've been there for so long that now a lot of my students I see at these events. Oh. And I'm just so happy that this space exists and that young queer mm. people have somewhere to go that is so welcoming and wholesome. Like... Cherry Bomb's kind of wholesome. It is pretty wholesome. In the best way. Yeah. Like it's just such a, it's such a great night out and, and I just, oh, I just, I'm just so happy when I, when I see, you know, my students or just any, any young queer people who have suddenly found their space and I'm like, wow, that is, that's a huge change because we didn't have that, um, you know, growing up, we just had to join pantomime societies. <laughs> and, and then force <laughs> musicals on them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, we're doing this now. That's just the way it is. I'm running this so we can do this whole thing. That's the gay agenda. (laughs) We're doing a musical. Okay, great. (laughs) On that positivity and on your teaching, I reckon we could go straight to a question from one of our listeners. Remember, everyone, if you want to ask one of our fantastic artists a question, you can email us, waexposepod at gmail.com. All right, this one goes, I'll jump straight in. What are the top things you need to get on a variety lineup? Mm. Is it top-notch photography? Or is the professional video of your act more important? My budget is stretched at the moment and I want to make sure I'm investing in the right areas. Thanks in advance. Millie, she, her. That's a great, that's a great question. And there, unfortunately, there is no answer. Um, (laughs) This isn't hope, teaching, (sighs) love, find their spaces. There's no answer. No, you can't. No, we're done. Um, (laughs) There's no room for you. No, um, that's such a great question because obviously that is such a huge part of our community is these variety lineups. And I just love them. I love variety lineups. Um, photos and videos are quite helpful. But a lot of the time you get photos and videos at the variety show. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> that'll save you a bit of money. But a but, lot of these documents are now like you need to have um, footage of your acts. Yes. I'd almost say footage might be more important. Well, okay. So a lot of the time with footage, especially um, like even competitions and stuff, a lot of the time footage, they just want to see your act. It doesn't need to be your act on a stage with lights mm. and a costume. You could lit, well, costume's probably important. Um, <laughs> you can film this in your living room. Don't feel like you need a professionally filmed act um, unless you're being specifically asked for it, but it's not. It's normally not being asked for. It would be very for. strange for somebody to be like, we expect you to invest a minimum of $200 just to apply for my show where I'll pay you 75 <laughs> And that's a red flag. Yeah, it's a so big red maybe, flag. yeah. Um, so I think. Yeah, I think um, just film it in your living room. They just want to see the act and they just want to see the vibe because a lot of the time when you're casting a variety show, you're trying to get a, a variety of vibes. So you're like, oh, what's the act like? And you can say, it's a dark, sexy act. But I'm like, yeah, but what would it look like? And so really the producer just wants to see where you could fit in the lineup. Yes, so a lot of, of the time I would say video video in your living room. And then when you get in the show, because you will, because my advice is flawless, you get, <laughs> when you get in the show, then that's when you can either there's a videographer there or you can get, get your friend to film it on a phone. Yeah. Um, and so I think photos, photos are important and there are a lot of um, photographers who do do discounted rates for, um, you know, for, with different photo shoots. You can kind of look in. There's like, I know Lady Velvet does a photo shoot series and Shayla's mm. always doing such amazing stuff. So I would say, yeah, photos, you do need a nice photo, but just film it in your living room. And at the end of the yeah. day, the biggest thing that's going to get you on a variety lineup is your personality. Um, a lot of ballet, a lot of cabaret performing is 
unfortunately, a lot of it's networking Mm. and a lot of it's who you know and a lot of it is luck. I attribute all of my success to luck. I was in the right spot at the right time and I have a can-do attitude. (laughs) Yes, we say yes to things we can't do. (laughs) Exactly. I think a lot of the thing is your attitude and just just luck. So it's just about meeting people and going out to these shows and when you do um, approach producers, just being really, like, just be nice. Just be yourself and everyone, everyone's journey is different. Everybody's process is different and that's a good thing. So don't, you know, just do what feels right to you as well. If you feel funny doing something, if you feel a bit, oh, I don't really feel comfortable doing this, don't, like, don't do it. Like, mm. ask for an alternate way to, to go about something. And a lot of the time you can't go out to shows. Um, like, I I've, I've find it difficult to get to drag shows because – my chronic illness and a lot of the time they're really late and I can't physically go like so I know that can you know that's that can be difficult to get out and see things but um you know there are ways to support um a community you know without actually going to every 1am show and then not sleeping (laughs) (laughs) yeah and have the like I think you were saying have the conversations with the producer if something Mm. is worrying or concerning to Mm. you like hey um I'm finding this application struggling Mm. because of xyz and often they'll find another way to get you to apply for the thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They want you there. Like variety producers are always looking for new people. Like mm. we want we want you to be in our show. Like we, <laughs> we want you to succeed. Like um, we're not trying to, you know, we're right there going, oh, let's just find an excuse to not put that person in. No, we want you here. We just, you know, it just a lot of the time it's about what the show is at the time. Yeah, completely. Mm. That's a really, really good place to leave it. I hope mm. you got all the advice in the world, really. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The advice, not advice. <laughs> section of the uh, show. Uh, yep. Tell us your pluggables. Um, you can find me at veruca.sour on Instagram. Uh, there's also Facebook, but that's not really. It's not real, is it? That's, that's not, not really a real thing. thing is but it? yeah, I, um, I teach at Sugar Blue and I'm always around doing stuff. So yeah, Instagram is the best uh, place to be. All right, we'll link that in the show notes. And if you like this podcast, you can like us on social media, rate and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app or send us a question to waexposepod at gmail.com and we'll ask our next incredible guest. Thank you so much, Veruca Sauer, for <laughs> thank you joining so much. me today. And thank you everyone for listening. WA Exposé is an independent production. Our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M. Burrows. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA Exposé. I can't stay still. <laughs> so sorry. I was get, about to get up into a dance number. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.